I'm a modern guy, so I can sing along with that stuff. We like to contrast different things. So you, you get a host like me on that's got the vibe, got the feel. But we want all the audiences. So then they say, do a guest that would contrast you. Someone that's you know, older, slower, uh, from a different generation. <clears throat> Ron Shera joining us in the John Schuster Group. Call the Banker Hotline. Ron, did we wake you up in time? Uh, no, I've been <laughs> I've been swatting mosquitoes. Where? What did they oh, ever do to you? My. See, see, uh, they want my uh, they want my blood. I tell you, uh, see that shows you've been in the locker rooms too long. You get out here in nature. <laughs> let me tell you, <clears throat> with all the rain we've had, you, there was a story about it in the paper. The mosquitoes are horrendous. They are. I'm up here in the I'm up here in the Rum River. I tell you, they want to lift you up and carry you around. Um, Especially that's, by that's rivers. The way I go. They'll be they'll be gone in a few uh, a few days. I hope, or at least not as many. Okay. I hope. So yeah. I, I want to start with up north because you like to fish up in the Rainy River uh, in that area, Rainy Lake, a lot. You, you've gone up there a lot, and now it's flooded. And, oh, and very bad. How far yeah. it's, when, when it's going to recede or come back? Um, what does that do to that area, and what does that do to fishing industry and everything else in that area? Well, it's it's hurting. A lot of resorts are flooded, of course, and uh, the prognosis is it's going to take a long time for that water to go down because there's only one way it goes out, and that's on the Rainy River uh, towards uh, Baudette. And so, uh, it, it, no, it's it's not a good thing at all. And probably the, the fish the fish don't care. They'll just move up into other areas. If that is, if you can get out there and fish. But a lot of resorts are uh, are in trouble as far as they're sandbagging up there, Maxie. It's it's not a pretty sight. Um, your alarm went off, man. That that's the snooze alarm, just to make sure after your nap. Do you, I don't you, know. do you want to get that I don't or know not? What that. No. <laughs> you want to no, get I, that? I just hung up. It's it's a robocall, I'm sure. <laughs> that's the only people that call you these days, huh? Well, I'm a busy guy, man. You you know? So, so like like right now, okay, fishing season's underway. Turkey season's in your rearview mirror. <clears throat> Lord. <laughs> are you sure you don't want to get that no i don't want to get that okay. i want to talk to you you're one of my favorite people well maybe not my absolute no, favorite person no. but you're, you're right up there but I, I told you earlier today we wanted you on after your nap and i know that you woke up on time but then you hit that damn snooze button and now we're paying the price for it and i told you not to do that that's why i'm disappointed i know, I know. so so like right I know. you turn, always just <laughs> Turkey season, the fishing season. What are you doing right now? What What is the most? Yeah, if you love fishing in the outdoors, what is it that you would love to do right now? What is it that people should be doing right now? June is one of the best fishing months of the yeah. whole year. Yep. And uh, uh, you know the walleyes have done spawning. Yeah. They're now putting the feed bag on. Bass are still. Some are spawning. Some are done. Um, the other day there were bass in the shallows and bass in seven, eight feet. So it's, it's a transition now for, yep. for bass. I heard the smallmouth on, on uh, Mille Lacs are going crazy. I, uh, now they spawn later. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, no, June is a is a favorite month, and then late June, you can if you're looking for a trophy walleye, they move in late June. They move to their summer haunts, and yeah. they're some ways easier to find. So that's that's the June. June report, Maxie. Yeah, you give me a stick in the, in the month of June, and I'm gonna I'm gonna find you a pretty good meal. Kind of sounds like a country would. western song, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't know if you would find a good meal, <laughs> but, uh, but but there's one to be found. That's the point. Yeah, okay, I've so, seen your crappie. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna have I'm gonna distribute that at the state fair. Can I do that the, at your booth? This same can, I, can I come up on your porch and give it out there and sign sign some copies? Uh, I no, call I call it crappie copies. Can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So <laughs> this thing, I know it took you a minute. Uh, this weekend they're going to have free fishing. You know you don't have to have a license if you're sixteen, fifteen. They're trying to encourage more kids to fish. They've done this in the past. In general, has that worked? Well, it, it's hard to to say you. You, all you can try to do is plant that fishing seed and hope it grows. Uh, some kids will get introduced to it. Depends too on on what happens. If uh, the bobber doesn't go down, it gets boring out there. They got a phone they got to look at, you know. Uh, so uh, it's important to try to find places uh, where there's fish. For one thing, like bluegills, etc., that are willing to bite, and they are willing to bite. You know, Minnesota, or the Twin Cities has. Uh, quite a few lakes and ponds that DNR stocks, and that you can find those on DNR website. Uh, they're open to the public, and there's fishing docks uh, available to people. And uh, uh, folks, if they're looking for a place to go and want to inter- introduce their kids, uh, that would be a good place to start right there. Those are those lakes and ponds are stocked, and there's absolutely going to be fish there. Do you think the greatest thing that happened to the outdoor industry is COVID because it forced people to go outside again? Did, did, did you see? Cause it sure felt like that. You know, boat sails up, Lake Minnetonka fully fortified. It, it sure felt like people went to the outdoors. Do you, do you think that? And do you think that has a long lasting effect if that's true? Well, a year ago, uh, license, fishing license sales set, uh, you know, kind of a modern day record. Now, th- those numbers have gone down this year but then we've had a you know really a kind of a crappy spring cold rainy and that's why i got mosquitoes and uh so the fishing license sales are down somewhat but yeah i think overall uh covid played a role and people say well what can we do well we can go fishing and um and a lot of people did and and that's good and if they had a good experience they'll come back uh you know <laughs> i tell people uh, when I was a kid, my mother and father, my, by the way, my mother loved to fish as much or more than anybody, t- uh, took me under their arms or, and, and taught me how to fish and be patient, etc. Then I had uncles who taught me how to fly fish, etc. They planted those seeds. Now, my high school taught me to play football. By the way, you know, I was a, I was a all-conference football player. You probably knew that. And... Um, and and uh, pretty good catcher in baseball, etc. But then you get you get older and you get fatter. You can't. Play I love baseball. the way you're sliding you these resume football. bullet points by that we can't verify on the fly. Go ahead. But my po- my point is, it was my, my it's what my parents and relatives introduced me to that I'm still doing today. And uh, obviously, I I can't play football anymore. So there you go. Well, I don't be too I sure. A, I, I think it's important. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if more schools taught 
uh, outdoor sports like fishing. But they, you know, it is coming like that. that way, right? Fishing teams and trap shooting. I mean, it, it's it's heading in that direction. And there are uh, summer teams. So let's say that you're an athlete and, and and you play a spring sport, and you go, I can't be on the fishing team because I'm playing baseball, track, whatever. I didn't realize this, but there are there are fishing teams in exclusive to the summer for the high school age kid as well. Oh yes, the uh, high school fishing teams are they're growing like crazy. High school trap shooting teams are one of the fastest growing sports in Minnesota. So yeah, it is changing as these kids discover something more than uh, video games. You know what I mean? I don't want to pick on video games, but that's uh, you can that is happening. Yeah, that you, is happening out there. Don't you think though? This is my experience in, in the kids that I've seen. Another piece to this, if you if you want to create fishing for the next generation, is if they can find a couple of their buddies that like to fish, what happens is it kind of organically grows because as much as they like their buddies, they also become a little bit competitive against them in the best possible sense when they fish. And so now they're trying to learn from those guys because they've got some tips and they're trying to beat them and catch the biggest fish. And it seems to me that if you can just find the right people to go with, things kind of evolve and take care of themselves. Well, I experienced that with my own grandson, Jake. You know, he, he he likes to fish. He'd rather play baseball at this stage in his life. He's 18 years old. But uh, w- when I invite him to go fishing and when I when I can find or he can find time to go, he, he always wants to bring a buddy, which is great. I, I encourage that because, um, you know, they can play off each other, and you're right. They, uh, they become competitive, and uh, it gets to be a lot of fun out there. Now, do you bring someone else with that's kind of got an expertise in fishing so that you make sure they learn it right, or how do you do that? I bring my Minnesota fishing guide, and I read chapters. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gee, I, I can't imagine that he'd want to bring a buddy with. <laughs> can, can I, and my Minnesota fishing guide is available on Amazon, uh, Max. You know, I don't, uh, don't want to do a commercial here. But, but it is uh, available on Amazon if people are looking. Yes, yes. Okay. Um. Will you be at the state fair this year? We got a text here. Will Ron and Raven be back at the state fair this year? Well, Raven won't be there, yeah. but uh, I plan to be there and uh, up at our Minnesota bound uh, cabin up in the North Woods part of the state fair. So it's a fun deal, and you and I have had fun there as well. So yeah, I plan to be there. Uh, not every day, but uh, a few days, and always look, it's always a fun experience um, uh, for sure. Even though. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, it takes it takes some good fishing days away there since August is a pretty good time to fish for bass and muskies. Anyway, it is what it is. So, but no, I mean, I'll, if, I'll if people want to know, they'll they want to know exactly what days you're going to be there. I mean, do you, do you have a program that you put out? Do you, do you, do you email blast? How, how will they know if on that day? Because you know that's one of the factors that would decide whether or not they go to the fair or not. I'm not going <laughs> to say what they decide whether you're there or not, but <laughs> exactly. Oh, they, they, uh, our, our office puts out, uh, information about who's going to be there. Most, most people want to see, uh, uh, Laura, my daughter. Yep. And, uh, you know, but I, I'm used to that now too. So. Yeah. Here's another text go. we got. Will Bill Shirk have shaved his beard by that time? I don't think so. He, um, um, you know, he's got that rugged outdoor look. He likes to winter camp. So you gotta, you gotta, Keep that you gotta beard play the role, yeah. To, uh, okay, here's another oh, text. Yeah. We here's yeah. another text we got. Ron, if you and Travis Frank go fishing the same afternoon on the same body of water, who catches more fish and why? 
I'm going to follow uh, Travis is what I will do. You know, uh, I hired that young man many years ago, and uh, he, he he's a guide. He, he, he was a fishing guide, still does some guiding. But I told him, I think he was 28 years old or whatever. I told him, I said, you know, you know more about fishing at your age than I ever did when I was your age. And th- and I meant that as a compliment to him. He's uh, he's very savvy. You know, some well, people I think you'd probably, think he probably figured that out himself, but go ahead. It's been my experience fishing with some of the greats, with Al Leonard, Gary Roach, and others. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you mm. say... Let's go. Let's go to the right here. They said, "No, I think let's go to the left, and that's where the fish are." And it's amazing, isn't it? It is. It's a sixth sense that they seem to have, and it all comes from experience. Um, the more experience you have, trying to figure out things and then successfully do so, uh, because fishing every day, fishing is a new puzzle to solve. Um, you and uh, a big thing that we do wrong is we fish memories you can't do that because how many times have i told you were last yeah i know yeah. where they were last year or last it might be week. the same body of water but it's not the same body of fish i say ron yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you well you know you should write a book yeah i'm that thinking about it yeah. <laughs> yeah for I'll, sure i'm gonna i'm gonna wait till I, after yours sells out then I'll, I'll i'll supply amazon with something hey ron good to talk to you today now fix that alarm okay <laughs> i will thanks for the chance to uh, uh, wake up. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, Ron Shera, we woke him up just to be on with us. Uh, take a break, and we'll come back. Mark from Navarre, stay on. You've got a comment for us about uh, the gun laws, what's been passed, and what reform should be done. Mike Mack sitting in 3 to 6 on News Talk 830 WCCO. 525 is your time. 525 Central Time. If you're in Los Angeles, it's 325. Listening to us on the stream. If you're in um, Atlanta, it's 625. I could go on and on with that. I love playing that game. Mike Max sitting in, taking your phone calls. Let's go to Mark in Navarre. Mark, you're on. Mike Max sitting in for Paul and Shore on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, Maxie. How you doing? Good. Uh, you know, uh, I heard you say earlier that you're just supposed to call in and say that, hey, really... Uh, think you're great and love to listen to your show so that's how you can get on to talk yes, yes, yes. yeah and uh and by the way but it's you need to say it with more conviction here you need to say it with more conviction than that oh do i yeah well i i'll tell you what you know what i really think um i'm not a big uh listener for the like hockey basketball stuff but yeah. i love it when you're talking hunting fishing i love it when you have ron on you know i really love the guy and uh, you mean ron and you do so- yeah, Ron, Shara. Yes. And, you know, he, uh, you and he have a lot of good banters. And we do, man. I, 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 I don't want to say, I say this humbly, but I think I get the better of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, hey, listen, the reason yeah. I'm calling is earlier you were talking about the semi-automatic guns and yep. all that stuff, and you had said that you've got shotguns, lots yep. and lots of shotguns, yep. right? Um, now, and am I to assume that all your shotguns are like pumps and over under pumps and, and automatics? Stuff, I, I, I hadn't thought about that. What, you know, I've got I've got an automatic as well. You know, yeah, of course shelves. you do, right? Everybody, you know, guys like me, semi-automatic, this, semi-automatic, that. Well, 
there's all kinds of guns besides assault rifles that are yeah. semi-automatic. Yeah, technically I mean, semi-automatic. If, yes. yes. if it's not a revolver, if, yes, it's a semi-automatic. Yep. You know, uh, you have semi-automatic shotguns. You have semi-automatic deer rifles. You know, uh, it, it's it's a it's a term that's bantered but around. I, but I do think time. most people, even if they don't know it, they, they, their vision is: I don't want one where someone can go out and spray bullets. I want that banned. Well, you know what I mean. I agree that you know the thing is the the big clips and yeah, lots the big of clips on and, and you can buy those and, illegally real easy by the way too so it's not just about over the counter. Oh no! Yeah. Right, and Mark, it, I'm it, sorry, we got to go. We're up against it, but thank you for yeah. calling in and being patient. And what did you say at the beginning again when you first called in? I love your show, Maxie. Listen to you all the time. Oh, yeah. Shoot, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I knew it was something important. Thank you, Mark. Have a good night. <laughs> all righty. You too. Let me ask Do you people realize this is the worst time of the year for juvenile homelessness, for the kids under 18 that don't have a home to live in? What do they do then? Rich Melzer's in charge of a facility that tries to help with just that. He'll explain when we come back. Welcome back. Mike Max taking up to six o'clock. Then it's Twins baseball, Twins and Yankees right here on CCO. Eight to one, they won last night. It was a good one. Uh, be good tonight as well. Um, joining us now, on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Rich Melzer, who is a storied guy, Minneapolis and beyond. Worked at YMCA and then decided to take on an even bigger challenge. As if that wasn't enough, he was over at Broadway. Uh, in uh, North Minneapolis, and he now is uh, running a facility that helps care for our youth, specifically our homeless youth, and the many problems that go with that. And he joins us now. Rich, how are you? Hey, Mike, I'm doing good. I heard that weather forecast. We're looking like some sunny weather's coming. How you doing, man? I'm doing. I'm hanging in there and doing well, man. You, you tell me about this challenge that you took on because you you decide you love a challenge and you love fighting for the city. What is it you're doing right now? Yeah, thanks, Mike. I'm uh, I'm running YouthLink. So um, I started about five, four months ago with uh, YouthLink MN. We serve uh, we serve young people experiencing homelessness. Um, you know, everything from you know some of the traditional challenges we see young people go through to those you know looking for long term living situations, uh, sexually exploited youth, um, trafficked young people. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't really end with the uh, our services are limitless for young people, but particularly, we serve young people experiencing homelessness and try to get them long-term housing opportunities. Do you find them, or do they find you? Uh, I think it was uh, I think it was kind of an organic progression. You know, I was uh, with the Y of the North for some time, super happy there, and uh, they had a leader named Dr. Heather Hughesby who. Uh, who carried out her legacy work there for about 17 years and, and retired. And upon her retirement, um, I was kind of found during the selection committee process. And uh, I was lucky enough to become one of the candidates for the opportunity and uh, found myself in a, in a very rigorous interview process and ultimately won the opportunity to lead this organization. So I'm, I'm there now, but uh, yeah, yeah, it feels good. So when someone walks through the door, and have they, have they been? Somebody said, "Hey, you got to go there," or, or do you find them, or does somebody else recommend them to you? Uh, how, how do the youth that are homeless find you? Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it comes in a variety of ways. Actually, we work very closely with 
um, Hennepin County and some other organizations that do similar work to ours, a young person can get reference to us um, from some of these other agencies. Um, a lot of times they just hear our name and come through the doors. When a young person comes to our doors, um, they're first greeted by, you know, a welcoming staff that lets them come in and kind of get some of their basic needs met. If they want to, if they want to eat, if they want to shower, um, if they want to shave, if they need clothing or maybe some items to uh, mitigate the things they face experiencing homelessness, we provide that for them right away. And then we take a dive into our case managers and they help um, kind of align their needs and make sure that we get them the resources so that we can ultimately, you know, get them housed and find out what's really taking place, how they got into this situation and uh, what we can do to make sure that uh, ultimately we help them become safe. Rich Melzer is our guest, Youth Links. He runs. Uh, how prevalent is it right now? Is it on the rise? Is it the same as it was 10 years ago? What is it? So, yeah, you know, Minnesota, we have a uh, we have a pretty dense population of youth homelessness, given um, given our population here per capita. I mean, it, if you travel out to northern northern suburbs like Anoka, um, Anoka County, it's it's really prevalent out there here in the Twin Cities. We've seen it grow pretty significantly. COVID has played a unique role in youth homelessness. What we've seen is that um, through some of these other trying times we've gone through socially, families have tended to kind of open up and, and be a little bit more responsive to the young people and their and their families and their networks experiencing homelessness. But yes, we uh, you know we're serving anywhere between fifty and eighty homeless cases a day, uh, most of which are familiar, are, are, are pretty new cases. Um, so, you know, it, it, it fluctuates, but um, our job's not going to be done until youth homelessness ultimately ends. Are a lot of, it, are a lot of them drug-related or prostitution-related? Yeah, we're seeing a huge influx in, you know, obviously the, uh, the drug, the opioid epidemic is a huge contributor right now. Um, sexually exploited youth, um, young people that are actually, you know, unraveling their identity and discovering, you know, the way that they identify in terms of gender is also on the rise where, you know, we're a judge-free organization, um, regardless of race or sexual orientation. We have holistic programs. We have uh, also programs with Hennepin Healthcare where, we even have a um, we even have a, a health clinic on site where somebody can come in and you know get tested for HIV, get tested for COVID, um, have a physical complete, and just really identify um, maybe some of those other nuances that are contributing to the challenges that they're facing. And it's endless. There, there's a lot. I mean, between sexually exploited youth, um, gender identity, and you know drug abuse. That list continues to go on into some some spaces that have a little ambiguity around them. Are all of them uh, have some trauma in their life? Or are there some that just because of circumstances end up homeless and all they really need is a home and they can function at a high level? Uh, that's a good question, Mike. I think, um, in all fairness, um, any young person experiencing homelessness that's a pretty traumatic situation by itself. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think the catalyst more times than not is. Um, dysfunction in the household. Uh, very seldom do we see young people come to us that are that that kind of choose to come to us because they ran away from home or because they they didn't like their living situation. It happens, but uh, 
Most of our cases are from young people who've been in seriously compromised situations at home or in their lifestyles and um, ultimately have found their way to youth link. Is there, is there anything that, I mean, at the end of a day, do you, do you walk out of there optimistic or pessimistic? You know, that's, uh, it's, it's, it, it, it varies. Some days, you know, some days we know that we're really putting a dent in this mission and uh, we're making a difference. And there are other days when you see young people and have stories where you wonder if you've helped at all. And I, I think all of us, particularly our case managers, um, our, our administration, our staff, we are we are tirelessly in this because we have a calling. This isn't necessarily something um, I think people get into knowingly. It, it calls on us. And, um, yeah, it, it definitely takes a, a cause-driven leader to um, – to continue in this fight because it's hard, man. The things that we see are hard. What what I'm focused on right now is resources for our team. I mean, we know that we're going to be there for the young people, but we need to figure out how the people who are actually servicing the young people experiencing homelessness, how do they decompress? Where do they get therapy? Where do they get opportunities to heal? Um, do we have the tools for them to be successful? So even though we're serving young people in, in this, in this spectrum, uh, the people that are actually carrying out this work are also the ones that need to be nurtured and really loved and cared for. And that's the last question. Who works with you? What, what's their background? Is it psychologists, counselors, people with a master's degree in psychology? Who is it? Yeah, it's, a, it's a, kind of an array of all those things. Most of our case managers um, are, are young professionals that are newly out of school, that work in trauma-informed care, that can really provide resources with some of our other networks to direct young people towards um, obviously getting housing, but also some of the other uh, educational and workforce um, resources that are out there for us. So um, we have, you know, practitioners, we have therapists on hand, we have some holistic influence, our administration, we have a, our, we have a unique feminine energy at YouthLink that I'm, I for one am very proud of because it's a nurturing cause um, but we have a huge development team with some professionals in there that I'm really proud to be alongside of. Uh, but our day-to-day case managers that are there at our drop-in service that are, are looking at and, and, and servicing young people every day, those are the ones that um, really have a unique skill set and understand young people and what they need to be successful, Mike. Well, you're a hell of a man and the right man for the job. i got to come over and tour the facility soon. But, Rich, keep up what you're doing. You've been a beacon of hope in Minneapolis, and we need lots of those right now. So thank you for giving us some time, and keep going strong at Youth Links. We will, Mike. Thanks for your uh, well wishes, and we'll be in touch, brother. You bet. Rich Melzer. He also played in the NBA. Uh, we've talked about that before, so he didn't bring it up. But he, he played in, in the association, in the National Basketball Association for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, he's, he's the right guy made of the right stuff.